We only have one, one verse this morning. It's found in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. And for just a few moments, I want to preach on the subject of the missing man. Look at your neighbor and say, uh-oh, there's a missing man. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. And I sought for a man among them who should build up the wall and stand in the breach before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And may God add a blessing to the reading of his word. There was a problem, a missing man. This is God himself saying through Ezekiel that I looked or I sought for a man to do something. You see, men, we have a purpose and a design to do something for the kingdom of God. Right. And so he said, I want someone who will build up the wall. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. Somebody who will stand in the breach so that I don't destroy the land. How many knows that our nation, our land needs the Lord to move in it again? Amen. But he says here, I found none. But I believe, men, that we can be that missing man. Amen? Guys, look at your neighbor. Find some man next to you and say, I, I want to be that missing man. I want to be that guy who shows up. I don't want to be missing. I want to be the one who shows up. Amen? So look at this chapter with me. Chapter 22 begins to describe Jerusalem. And then I want you to hear this. Does anything in this sound familiar at all to our current day? There was violence in the city of Jerusalem. That's what the Bible tells us. Wickedness all around. No one respected the holy things of God. There was no respect for the family. No respect for the poor and the needy. Sexual immorality was practiced freely and openly among the people. There was cheating and bribery. And if all of that wasn't bad enough, verse 12 really boils it down for us. And it tells us that the most grievous sin that we found here is that men and women had forgotten God. You see, when a nation forgets God, it's in some deep trouble. Can I get an amen this morning? You see, when a, when a nation forsakes God and a nation forsakes the word of God, then things begin to get bad and things head in the wrong direction. But I, I want to preach to you this morning that there's still hope for this nation. There's still hope for our cities and our country and our, our inner cities. There's still hope for all of us this morning. And as a result of all of this sin and this uh, forgetting God, this unrighteousness, God says, I'm going to judge and destroy Jerusalem. I mean, those that God doesn't play, amen? God uh, does not want his people to sin. But the, the hope that we can find in God's word is Proverbs 14, 34. It says this, righteousness exalts a nation. But sin is a reproach to any people. Yes. You see that there is still hope for our nation. Uh, can I tell you that I'm tired of hearing about how our nation is going down the tubes? I see what is happening in our nation. 
But what we must have, come on, help me out, are some men who will rise up and not be AWOL, but be uh, showing up for the kingdom of God. We, we can't uh, sit back and say, well, I see all the problems. It takes no anointing whatsoever to see a problem, but it takes some power and some anointing uh, to solve a problem. And so I, I, I've got hope for the kingdom. I've got hope for our nation. Righteousness exalts a nation. You see, anytime a nation adheres to God's standards, it will be lifted up. It, it, it'll, you see, our nation has experienced that in times past. Whenever we exalted the word of God and we exalted God, then God exalted us as a nation. You see, it's not the Democrats or the Republicans that exalt a nation, but it is righteousness and searching and seeking for God that will exalt a nation. So does it sound familiar? Today, the social and spiritual condition of not just the United States, but many countries throughout the world are similar to what Israel was facing. All across the world, we see that places are not growing stronger, but growing weaker and growing farther away from God. So what is the answer? I believe the answer can be found in 2 Chronicles 7.14, which says that my people will humble themselves and pray. If they'll seek my face, if they'll turn from their wicked ways, if, uh, if they'll do all of those things, then I will hear. You see, God still hears His people when they pray. And He still uh, looks upon His people when they turn from wickedness. And then He will heal the land. But if we don't follow God, then we will face the same judgment that Jerusalem was facing. I tell you that it has never been God's desire to bring judgment and to destroy a nation. That is not what God wants to do. You see, God was searching across Jerusalem for a man who would take a stand. A man who would be an advocate for the people. Who would stand before God and man and stand in the middle. That's the reason why you see uh, that there needs to be somebody to stand in the gap. Somebody to make up a difference. Somebody to, to pray for the people. Somebody to speak for the people. Somebody to come before God and say, God, would you forgive the sins of this nation and of this world? You see, there must be some man to stand in the gap and to make up the wall. So where was this missing man? Where was he at? Interestingly, and this is where you see a difference in some of the versions of the Bible. When you look at this, some of the versions of the Bible say that God was looking for someone to do this. Just someone, anyone. But that's not the word. Because when you begin to look at this word and you boil it down to the Hebrew, it is the word ish, which is male. Ish is male. He is looking for a man. Now, before you think, oh, pastor's going to be sexist. No, he is not, and neither is God. You see, God designed both sexes. He designed the male and the female. And he put a distinctive call upon the woman. And he put a distinctive call upon the man. But there is a difference and there is a time when God calls upon us men...
to answer the need for the nation and for the people. You see, God has called us and we have a special and a distinctive call upon our lives to be leaders in our household, to be leaders in the kingdom of God. God has called us men. I feel like running around and just high-fiving all the men this morning because God has a call upon our lives and God still wants to do something great in the kingdom of God. And I'm tired of the world back uh, fighting against men and I'm tired of the world saying men are worth nothing because God called for a man and he said I need a leader among the men to stand outside. How Where was the missing man? God was looking for a man. But can I tell you that God is still looking for a man? He's still looking for someone who is willing to stand in the gap on behalf of our nation, our communities, our churches, and our families. God was looking for a man to build up the wall. And I'm not talking about a wall between countries. I'm talking about a wall of righteousness. God said whenever righteousness is lifted up, that God will exalt the nation. We have walked away from the righteousness that God has called us to do. And we've gotten involved in everything in the world. But God right now, men and women, God is calling us to a standard. Oh my, yes, there is a standard. There is a holy place that we are to stand in and to obey the word of God. So you can't just do, can I tell you, man, we can't just do anything and expect for God to have a call upon our life. We must live to the standard. And here, here is some very, very sad commentary. Very sad. You see, God was looking for just one man, he said. Just one man. And besides Ezekiel, who's giving this word, there is none. No man to stand in the gap. No man with the integrity. No man with the righteousness to lift up God and to stand between man and God. There was no one. It's an extremely sad commentary. But what I want you to know that there is still hope for our nation. There's still hope for our communities. For when a man steps into God's ordained place, whenever he steps into his will, the scriptures and history tell us that there is revival awaiting a nation and a people when God's men begin to take the stand and begin to call upon God. There's hope for this world. Can I get an amen? So here's the question for us. Will you step up? Will you be the man that God is looking for? Will you be that man? Will you take your designated place Will you fight for your families and your communities and your nation? Can I tell you that the devil recognizes the importance of men probably more than we do. When you look in the Bible, there are two occasions in the Bible where the devil specifically tried to kill all of the males, all of the young males. He tried to wipe them out uh, during the time of Moses. Whenever Moses was born, Pharaoh said, you You've got to kill all the babies. You got but but can I tell you that God always has a plan. When the enemy shows up, God has a plan. And God said, I'm not going to let my deliverer, I'm not going to let the called one Moses die. But there, but he, he put a plan in place where the very daughter of Pharaoh 
Because it takes little Moses out and begins to raise him and begins to teach him and begins to uh, talk to him about the ways of the Egyptians and so that he would understand the culture. You see, God is good. But what about when Jesus was born? Evil Herod ordered that all of the baby boys from two years old and under be killed. Uh, you see, uh, but in Bethlehem, oh, somebody help me. But in Bethlehem, there was a, a, a young woman and a young man who had a baby boy uh, named Jesus. Now, he wasn't the son of Joseph, but he was the son of God. And he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that young child was born. And there was a deliverer. And God came down and he spoke in the ear of Joseph. Men of God, we need to hear God speaking to us. And he said, you get that child Jesus out of here for him. Me and all Herod is coming after him. But God had a plan. That's what I'm telling you this morning. For a man to rise up into leadership and to lead his people. That's what God has, has called. So what is it about men? What is it about men that the devil wants to steal, kill, and to destroy all men? Because men have a special influence. I'm not saying that women don't have this, but what I'm telling you is that God has designed men to take a place of leadership in the family. God has made us the head. We did not ask for that. God declared it in his word. Women have a special place. They have love. They raise up their children. But I can tell you that, that this world is looking for a group of men who will stand up and who will do what God has called them to do. And we are to take a lead in our family. We have the responsibility of men to protect our families. That's why the devil attacks men so hard. So let me give you some startling statistics. When a young child gets saved, and I'm so thankful, I heard, I was actually in my office whenever uh, they were given the story of salvation during vacation Bible school, and I heard two or three of them say, I want to get saved, I want to get saved. And so when a young child comes to Jesus, the first, who was the first person in the family to come to Jesus, 31% of the time, the rest of the family will follow. Isn't that great news? That's awesome news. It's amazing news. Whenever a woman or a mother is the first person in the family to come to Jesus and to know him as their Savior, 17% of the time, 17% of the time, the rest of the family will follow after her. But hear this, and I'm not trying to just build up men this morning. I'm trying to preach the word of God. I'm trying to stir you men because I believe that God still has a place for us when a man or a husband or a father is the first one in the family to get saved and he begins to attend church. 93% of the time, families will go, all of them will go to church. Then we have a responsibility to this world, to our churches, to this community, and to the nation to know God. Hallelujah. I'm excited about what men can do in the kingdom of God. Can I tell you that God's not surprised by these statistics at all? I was surprised a little bit. I didn't know it was so much. But when you begin to go all the way back to the Garden of Eden, 
It was God who gave Adam the instructions about the tree of life. The tree of knowledge of good and evil. Why? Because he was to be the head and to protect his wife and his children who would be born later. And here is Eve, and I want to describe this in the right way. Eve had an outright encounter with Satan. That uh, serpent came up there and it was possessed by Satan and he began to speak into her ear. And, and here is an outright encounter with Satan. And what did Adam do? The Bible is clear that Adam was not off somewhere else, but Adam was right there with her. And then what did he do? Did he stand up? No, he stood there and he watched and he didn't do anything and he didn't protect Eve and he didn't rebuke Satan. And can I tell you that he failed? And men, many times men will fail, but there is a good news. You can wash away your past by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. And you can begin to take a stand for the Lord. And righteousness will come. And the glory of God will be lifted up. And the nation will be exalted. Hallelujah. Adam didn't only not do his job, but he participated in the sin. He ate of the apple or the fruit or whatever it was that people say it was. I'm not sure it was an apple. You see, it is time that we take authority over the devil, over our families. It's time. You see, if you look at that story, God didn't call for Eve. After they had eaten the fruit, God did not call for Eve, but he called for Adam. And the scripture tells us that he said, Adam, Adam, where are you? Can I tell you that God knew physically, geographically, right where Adam was at. And he knew that Adam had failed and sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so he was saying, Adam, why did you stray from me? Adam, why did you sin? Adam, why didn't you stand up to the devil? Adam, why didn't you let your wife do that? Adam, why didn't you leave the family? Somebody help me preach this morning. You see, God has called us as men to lead the family. Adam, where are you? He was AWOL. Absent without leave. That's a military term. Why? Because we're still in a battle. We're still in a fight. But Adam, men, we are Adam. We are Adam. We are called by God to take a stand. And the Bible tells us there is some good news here. There's still a problem of the absent without leave man. There is still a missing man. But there is some good news because the Bible tells us that in the last days that men's heart will be drawn to the children and the hearts of the children will be drawn to the father. Oh, why? Because the man is finally going to take his stand. The man is finally going to be the head of the house. The man is finally, or at least some remnant, going to be leading his children to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Are we those men? Or are we AWOL? Are we absent without leave? God, let us be that generation that won't be missing, but is doing what you called us to do for this day. Can I tell you that amazing things can happen 
when a man takes a stand. I was reading my Bible this week and I was in 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's a very familiar story. Israel was coming up against the Philistines. And you may remember the story. The, the Israelites are on one mountain and the Philistines are on another mountain. And in the middle is the valley. Can I tell you that we as men still should be standing in the valley of decision. We should make a decision for the Lord. And, and for 40 days there was a giant who came out. And he began to badmouth Israel. And he began to badmouth God. And he began to, for 40 days every time that old giant you the giant came out here with the men of God. They began to walk away. They began to leave. They were absent from the battle and from the fight. Oh, but one day, a young boy who came with some lunch for his brothers, he heard that giant speak, and he said, why isn't somebody doing something about that giant? Why isn't somebody uh, uh, fighting that giant? Why hasn't some man, help me out, shown up for the battle? Here's a little boy, a shepherd boy, but he says, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up for the battle. And they tried to give him all kinds of armor. And they tried to give him all kinds of stuff to fight the battle. But he said, I've not proved that. I can't put on that big armor of Saul. But I'm going to go with what I know. There's a message there. Yeah. You got to go with what you know. Uh, do you know the Lord? You got to go with what God has provided you. And so he began to uh, seek out five stones from the brook. And he had a slingshot. And me and Ken's been talking about this this week. Why did he get five? He only needed one. Because Goliath had four brothers. That day, David was excited that he might take out all of Goliath's brothers. All giants. You see, men, there's a cause. Look at your neighbor in that one and say there is a cause. How many of those brothers argue and fight? And so here's David, and he's saying, What's going on? Why hasn't somebody taken care of Goliath? And his older brother, mean old brother. Uh, sometimes I was a mean older brother to my brother. Uh, and his older brother began to, to call him out and say, all you did was to come down here and be nosy. But David looked at him and he said, is there not a cause? Folks, I can tell you, men of God, I can tell you that there is a cause. It is for our families. It is for our nation. It is for our cities. And we must stand up and fight for the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there not a cause? Now here's the best of the story. I say the best for last. So David stands up and he fights Goliath. And, and, and how many have heard that story? And he defeats Goliath with nothing but a stone and a slingshot. And that's amazing in itself. And then he knocks that old giant out and he runs forward and he grabs the sword of the, the old Goliath himself, his own sword, and he chops off the head. Here's what did not happen. The other men didn't say, well, that's pretty good, David. That's exciting. Now what are we going to do? No. No, that's not what they did. You see, amazing things happen when a man takes a stand. And sometimes it only takes one man to take a stand. And what began to happen is that all of the 
who will be that one man to take a stand? You see, there's inspiration. When we, Glenn, when we begin to stand up as men of God, then it, what happens is other men begin to surround us. And other men begin to come on board. And can't get excited about what God is doing. Men, I'm looking at you. Are you going to be one of those men? Oh, please don't be AWOL. This world needs us. The kingdom of God needs us. Don't be absent without leave. But show up for the battle. Oh, sometimes all it takes is one man to stand in the gap.